Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday, April 27th. It's also Mental Health Monday. So mm-hmm. happy Monday. Happy Monday. It's the last Monday of April, too, which just in case people need, like, you know, <laughs> reference <laughs> point to where we are in the year. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's about that time that uh, school years will be winding down um, for some. I don't know. Some might continue homeschooling throughout the summer. It depends on what your summer looks like. <laughs> um, and and many of us still working from home probably will be for a while. And uh, mm-hmm. what does that mean for us working from home? Um, uh, are, what's your work environment like at home? Uh, we were just chatting before the program, uh, some of us not in regular office chairs, but like dining room chairs and things like that. <laughs> How does that impact your work day? And, and uh, are you on video calls most of the day? How does that impact your work day? We're going to talk about some of that here on Mental Health Monday on the Coffee Hour. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu live uncommon it is time for us to check in with deaconess heidi gaiman for mental health mondays good morning heidi good morning happy monday we are i feel like we're experts at quarantine at this point you know we all can give ourselves (laughs) a little bit of a cheer that we have come this far i think sometimes that's important for our mental health is to say yes look at all that we've done in these past weeks that we've been able to accomplish that we didn't think we were capable of so good job you guys gold stars (laughs) Gold stars. Okay, so so what were before we get into our topic today? What were some of your accomplishments or things that you feel like you, you you're uh, feeling better about um, that that you're you're getting better at with this whole uh, stay at home order and maybe working from home or or uh, the whole family all being home at the same time? What are some things that uh, you feel like are are maybe some accomplishments in the last couple of weeks? That's a really good question. I love that. I feel like our listeners, I want to hear what they have to say. You know, I want to hear other people's accomplishments too. The two things that come to my mind off the top are that I've been able to maintain my writing time every Thursday from eight to noon, like without fail. And I think it's even gotten more important. So I've gotten into more like deep work during that time instead of like fiddling around with the internet and stuff. So that's been really good. I feel like that's an accomplishment. And then also, I feel like our family has been able to, in the last couple of weeks, decide what we don't want to go back to. So we've made some selective decisions and choices that revolve around just tailoring our lives closer to the life we want to live instead of the life that we were living. And so, you know, I think you have to take some steps toward that. It's not easy, um, but each a couple of our kids decided to give something up dave and i each decided to set a couple more boundaries with our technology things like that and so i feel really good about that and i feel like we are uh, getting to a place that's maybe even healthier than we were when this started which is kind of crazy because a lot of times you can only see the negative you know of the Mm -hmm. whole thing Mm -hmm. yeah keeping that right you guys that's golden sarah thanks 
Uh, my accomplishments are not nearly on that level. Um, <laughs> my husband bought a new lawnmower so he can mow the lawn in a better, more productive way. So that was exciting for him. He has a new toy. Um, I made jello over the weekend that I don't react to with my long list of food allergies. So that was super wow. exciting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, this is the level of accomplishment I'm working with no, these right are now. Um, that could be husband, exciting, though. <laughs> It was so exciting. Um, and, it, and this is a little uh, um, preview for the Lutheran Ladies Lounge for anyone who is interested. We are going to be recording a great Jello episode for all things Lutheran Jello. This is like I can't, a, I can't even. This is a huge deal for us right now. So I have made Jello oh, that I can Jell-O. eat, and this is super exciting. So okay, um, the I have ladies- to give. <laughs> Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I have to give Sarah props because I made a jello mold last night. I was super stoked. You know, I had these like little tiny mold things and it didn't set up. And so there's skill <laughs> in getting jello to set up and also with all your food allergies using special things and still getting it to set up. So kudos, my friend. It was the first I... time I've made jello in probably 15 years and it was completely from scratch. And it was so exciting when I got it out of the fridge after our bike ride. And it was actually like jiggling, like real jello. It was, mm-hmm. it was a moment for me. <laughs> I'm curious and not to steal thunder from the Lutheran Ladies Lounge, but did you use actual gelatin in it or did you use pectin or something else? Because I can't have gelatin. I'm allergic to no, it, it, things. No, you would not be able so. to, you would not so be able would... to eat this. This is real beef cow gelatin from, from the container that it smells weird when you make it. I was not expecting that. <laughs> I have to say that this Mental Health Monday has taken a strange turn. Spiral quickly. <laughs> Everyone loves I Jello. Love I love it. It's good for our mental health, right? That we are just spiraling down. Did I mention I, I made it. coffee Jello? By the way, what is happening? <laughs> no, what's happening this morning? I love it. I needed this laughter. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Well, let's see. We um, we managed to do grocery pickup with a wagon this weekend. We we walked oh. to the grocery store, so we got in our, our healthy walk. And uh, instead of going to the grocery store, we just had the the curbside pickup and and where they bring it out to your vehicle. And um, so we had our our wagon instead of our car. <laughs> that was really that was an accomplishment. I thought we 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 all made it. We made it to the community garden and to the grocery store um, without like any major. Uh, interaction and like closed spaces and stuff like that so trying to stay healthy and and uh, keep getting our walks in so we did that without any major tears or anything like that so i thought that was an accomplishment all right so um but working from home has its its challenges we were talking before we came on the air this morning that i think what Heidi and I are both using dining room chairs. Sarah's using an old mm-hmm. office chair. Uh, there are some real risks that come with this <laughs> this working from home thing because we may not necessarily be in a typical office environment, and that also means we're not face to face with uh, the people that we work with. And some people do this all the time. There are many people I know. Uh, some people who who also work for the the LCMS who are deployed, and and they're used to working deployed all the time and working from home, and so they're used to things like. Um, working from a home office, home office, and also video chat. Um, that's just a regular part of their day. But for many of this, this is a new thing. And there is, I think, some, um, well, some of us are experiencing, I, I don't have as many video chats as some of our, our colleagues, um, but uh, mm-hmm. some are exist, experiencing exhaustion from all the video chat. Mm-hmm. Um, even students, lots of students are on video chat. I don't know how many Zoom meetings students are having 
students and teachers are having um, video calls all the time. And uh, I, I can't imagine that, I don't know, that it just seems like there's something different about it. How are, let's start with the positives. How are video calls helpful? Um, what do you think, Heidi? Are they, are they helpful or do they, they accomplish things that we hope they would? I think they are helpful and a lot of people have been using this as like a piece of their work and now it's kind of taken over and I think that's you know everything's really good when it's balanced in our life and so this is definitely not everything in moderation like we're not able to live in that space where we're able to moderate the amount of technology we're taking in as well as maybe we were trying to earlier or we wanted to earlier and so I think some of the positives are that we are able to communicate still with people we love and in order to be productive for our vocations. And so we that's there's a feeling of productivity in that we're still getting the job done. We're still being able to check in on our, some of our family members. Um, I think those things are not small things and they are to be celebrated. I remember when we were living in Haiti, the fact that I could FaceTime my parents and my sisters and everything I had never really appreciated that technology in the way that I did in that moment. And I think we're all at a unique place in humanity right now where we're all really appreciating technology when we used to shame it so much for mm -hmm. kind of the negative aspects it had in our life. And so I hope we're getting to more of a place of balance with that where we start to see how much worth it has and people are still able to go to worship and even worship together through things like live stream and we really embrace i think in this time that concept that the church is not a building and that's a gift that we have that we have facilities to meet in but the church is people and how can we get uniquely connected through technology and so i think there are people groups probably online that have never really been connected with a community before that have this opportunity to be suddenly connected and then i hope that goes further you know i hope that we can make those connections deeper and face to face eventually but those are some things that come to mind those are so good for our mental health too like just that place of connection is so vital and we'll find out more about why it's so vital when we get to the um kind of exhaustion piece and the negativity of it but it is good to connect. We are made for connection. And that is one thing that technology allows us to do for now. Yeah, in the last few weeks, uh, I've been video calling more with my friends um, that, you know, we, we text chat a whole bunch, but we don't necessarily video call that much. But we have been because we miss each other even more, <laughs> even though we haven't seen each other regularly in a long time. Um, but having having that extra layer of video is is really is really nice and there's there's this this kind of uh i don't know dichotomy going on where we do appreciate it more um but we're also i've seen so many people saying that they're so tired of screens right now um and they they they, they don't want to be looking at a screen anymore um how are how are video calls different from face-to-face -face meetings that uh, that we're <laughs> we all want to get back to 
Yeah, I think the base layer of that is the fact that we are not Gnostics. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. you know, it's just a reminder we need every day over and over again. We are not Gnostics. We believe that our mind, our body, and our spirit are intimately connected. And so video call especially makes us really aware of the importance of our body, that we are not souls meeting on the street or in our places of worship or in our uh, employment spaces, but we are actual bodies meeting as well. And so our bodies, First of all, they actually reside in space together and God is mighty and he is mysterious and he connects us in the craziest ways. And so things like mirror neurons and the ways that we communicate with language when we take cues from one another's body is pretty mind blowing. And so I have even, there's a mechanism in my brain that has an awareness of people entering into space. If you think about the fact that uh, we all have a little bit of a bubble around us where we have personal space and we're uncomfortable when someone gets too close and that's different for each person, correct? You know, I might mm -hmm. have a, um, a mechanism that says a little too close, a little faster mm -hmm. than you do or something like that. And some of us are huggers and some of us aren't. All of that is revolves around the same mechanisms within our brain. And so when someone enters a room, our brains give us signals that say there's a body here and then it starts to fire things that make us want to connect and so that alone the fact that we are not connecting in a body in space is very different uh, than when someone pops up on the screen we don't have the same mechanisms at least yet you know our brains are made to shape and do what they need to do uh, with what is put in front of us and so but for right now that's just not the way we're used to connecting and i think that the physicality of it is the way we were made in jesus christ you know he's an incarnational god he came to be with us and so i think our bodies do matter to him and so he created our bodies to connect both physically and spiritually and emotionally and all of that good stuff. Hmm. Good stuff. And I want to continue the conversation. We need to take a quick break and then we'll continue the conversation. We're on Mental Health Monday here on the Coffee Hour with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. Stick around. We'll be right back. Monday, April 27, 2020, KFUO Radio thanks our day sponsors, the children of Anna Lou Harms, who made a gift to KFUO Radio in celebration of her 85th birthday today. Anna Lou's children are thankful to the Lord for the blessing of their wonderful mother who raised her family with Christian love and who has truly impacted the lives of her children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. Once again, we say thank you to the children of Anna Lou Harms for being today's KFUO day sponsors. The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, on behalf of Concordia Plan Services, Lutheran Housing Support Corporation, Concordia University System, Lutheran Church Extension Fund, the LCMS Foundation, and Corporate Synod, daily reaches out to our members and partners, working together to support our local, global, and international ministries, church workers, and LCMS initiatives at large to carry the mission forward and to serve each other in love. Opportunities to serve, lcms.org careers. 
Websites selling binary options claim they are low-cost, high-reward investments. What they don't tell you is that binary options are high-risk bets where the odds are stacked against you, that withdrawing money is often almost impossible, and the representatives will contact you with intense sales tactics or even threats. Protect yourself. Don't let anyone pressure you into making investments or quick decisions. Visit MissouriProtectsInvestors.com to learn more. Paid for by the Missouri Secretary of State's Investor Education and Protection Fund. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Mental Health Monday on the Coffee Hour. We're talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. We're talking about um, video call exhaustion, in a sense, um, what mm-hmm. how, how video calls can be helpful, but also um, what what can happen as a result of, of lots of time spent in video calls. Um, before we went to break, we were talking about some of those effects and what they can do, what they can't do. Um, Let's talk about, you, you, Heidi, you were talking about we are real bodies. We're not just spirits. We're real bodies. And having that, that sense of being in the presence of other people, um, that, that God designed us uh, with bodies, and that that's one of the, the things about our bodies is that we, can, we all have a different level of how we sense people around us. But um, our bodies also mean that there's, there's body language as well. Um, how does that play into this whole video call thing? Yeah, you know, Zoom exhaustion or video call exhaustion is absolutely 100% real. And I hear it from my teenager, too. And I thought that was really awesome how you brought up students. And I think it's actually going to be even more real for students, in my opinion, which is, I think, counterintuitive since we think they love tech. You know, they like love to be on the technology yeah. all the time. But I think they don't know about reading body language quite as well yet. And so that's going to really greatly affect this impact for them. And so when you are talking to someone, we know that, you know, upwards of 90% of what they are saying to you is actually nonverbal. And what you're saying to them and how you communicate is nonverbal, which is just a huge component of how we communicate there. That is also considered to be, excuse me, goodness, it's considered to be kind of 3D or 5D, if you will, instead of flat on a video screen. And so we are going to struggle to be able to read the nonverbal cues when number one, we don't have that uh, spatial sense mechanism, like I was talking about with someone present in the room. But then we also are going to struggle because it's a flat image on a screen. And we're also trying to read you know, upwards of 30 of them at the same time, you know, or at the very least, more than one other person's cues at the same time. It's one reason why you get more out of talking to someone over coffee than you do at a board meeting is because you're only trying to read one cue in that instance. And on the video, that just exacerbates everything when we're trying to read multiple nonverbal cues at one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it can be it can be very exhausting uh, trying to figure out what everyone is is thinking or who wants to talk, and then you end up talking mm-hmm. over people because of lag time, and then it's 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 this whole weird experience of of having a conversation that feels kind of jagged and and uh, you know not, it doesn't quite feel real even though it sort of is real. Um, what are there ways that we can we can um, help ourselves and help our brains understand those nonverbals a little bit better, even over a video connection? 
Yeah, I think that one of the best tips I read recently was actually in a Brene Brown book about how before she goes to speak in front of a crowd, she has them turn the lights down to 50% instead of 100%. So I would actually check with your technology and check into some different settings that you can have that are better for you. You know, just experiment with it a little bit. One of the articles I read said to use speaker view instead of uh, the other view so that you just have one person that's talking in front of you when they're talking for the most part so that you can really hone in on the speaker and be able to read their cues instead of trying to read the seven other people in the room like you would normally do. And so that was a really good tip, but there's other settings, you know, check the backlight on your computer. That can make a huge difference. I know when I sit down to write, uh, I need my like backlight a little bit lower than I would normally have uh, the screen of my desktop be set. And so just different things, uh, feel free. One of the best things I read is to change locations where you work. So you know, just because we have to stay at home to work doesn't mean we have to stay in the same room or stay in the same chair. Uh, it's a really great like thing for your body. And there's an article that gives a little bit more detail on this on Kurt Thompson's blog, who's a medical doctor but writes from a spiritual vantage point. And so we can link that article, it's really helpful. But they talk about getting up and moving around uh, just to give your body the understanding that we're switching locations. So just like a schedule of eating and sleeping is important, your body is so used to other norms. And so, you know, when you switch projects or switch to a different video call, pick up your laptop and head to a different room just to get a different sense that we're doing something new now and to give your body a chance to read those signals that would seem a little bit more normal to it. I, and I do that. I, I can't necessarily move my work because my microphone and everything, all the audio equipment is all kind of <laughs> centrally located and, and connected, hardwired. Mm -hmm. um, so I can't necessarily move my workstation, but I do make sure that I get up and take breaks. I go outside for a minute or two, you know, for a couple of minutes and, or try to eat lunch outside, try to get out and, and just breathe some, some different mm. air even, and just get in um, and try to get in some sunshine uh, when mm -hmm. that's available, <laughs> um, just to try to, to be in a different environment and, and uh, change what's going on in my brain for a few minutes mm -hmm. instead of staring at the same thing. I, going back to the, the video call exhaustion issue, I think that, you know, the difference between face-to-face -face and a video call also, and, and you started to touch on this earlier, is that when we're face-to-face, -face, people are in real life, like real size. So I'm used to reading, um, the I'm used to reading like facial expression and nonverbals um, in in real life when you're trying to watch that or trying to read those nonverbals on a screen quite often they're much smaller than real life so and mm -hmm. it, as you pointed out with lighting and things like that earlier it's not as easy to um, to really interpret all those nonverbals um, and you can't see all the nonverbals because sometimes you can't see their hands in the way and their posture even necessarily <laughs> Um, as someone who, who studied American Sign Language back in college and learned to communicate in that, I, I, I didn't realize until I, I, until I studied that language that, that there is so much in nonverbals um, that really impacts how we interpret what someone is saying and thinking mm -hmm. and feeling. Um, that just makes a huge difference. And if you can't see all those things, uh, you don't really get the full story. And so there can be a lot of misunderstanding as well through even though we have video chat we and we think i think there's this false sense that i'm really getting the full picture but i'm really not 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And like Sarah said, we do that thing where we accidentally talk over someone. And <laughs> for me, that is my nightmare. Like <laughs> I am doing it all the time in regular life. And so I'm extra aware of it. Like I, uh, my sinful self likes to get in a lot of words. And so I accidentally talk when someone else is talking. And so I'm really aware that I'm trying to not do those things. So then when a video call comes up and there is that lag and then you're accidentally talking over someone, we all feel the weight of that. We feel this sense of shame, I think, in, oh my goodness, like I value that person and I just cut them off or I just did this. And, and I think giving ourselves a lot of grace and giving other people a lot of grace. And like I was saying earlier, Brene Brown wrote in this book where she talks in front of people. She also said the thing that she says before she goes on the stage is the words people, 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 just to remind herself that she's just talking to regular people with regular lives who have regular shame and vulnerability issues. And so I think we take a minute before we get on a video call to maybe pray for those people that we're going to be in that meeting with um, and pray for that meeting and just take those three seconds to center ourselves and remind ourselves that God has given us this good work and it looks really different and all those mistakes he's going to fill in with his grace and mercy and even just saying that aloud sometimes in meetings I think can be a powerful thing especially if you live in a, an arena where you can be the grace and mercy sharer do it say oh my goodness that was awkward i'm so sorry you know and then if you have the ability to share jesus say goodness i'm really glad that god gave us grace for that in jesus christ you know like call mm -hmm. it out i think there's a place for that and that lifts the shame of that meaning uh humility with hmm. uh, video calls that's a great idea deacon is heidi came in thank you so much for checking in with us here on mental health monday on the coffee hour thanks for having me see you next week i'm andy bates i'm sarah golseth The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.